Hello this is Nikdha from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday the 17th of October. India's COVID-19 tally went past the 74 lakh or 7.4 million mark today. Over 62,000 new COVID-19 cases and more than 800 deaths were reported in the last 24 hours. While the caseload continues to surge, the number of overall recoveries crossed the 65 lakh mark, pushing the recovery rate to 87.78%. The nationwide death toll inched closer to 1 lakh 13,000. According to the health ministry's statement from this morning, the country's active COVID-19 cases dropped below the 8 lakh mark for the first time in one and a half months. The ministry said, and I quote, "India has scaled an unprecedented peak." Unquote. The active case load is now only 10.70% of the tally according to the government data. Referring to this data, the ministry added and I quote again, this significant achievement is the outcome of the center-led targeted strategies leading to high number of recoveries and steadily falling numbers of fatalities. Unquote. In other coronavirus related news from the country, Kerala's Sabarimala temple opened its gates to devotees today after 7 months of closure due to the lockdown. The temple has opened for a 5-day monthly puja. For devotees looking to visit the shrine, carrying a negative COVID test and wearing face masks at all times is mandatory. The maximum daily limit for visitors has been capped at 250 with only people within the age bracket of 10 years to 60 years being allowed to visit. The following news contains descriptions of sexual violence. Please consider this a trigger warning. A 12-year-old tribal girl was allegedly gang-raped and murdered in a village in Jharkhand's Dumka on Friday. The body of the class 5 student who had left for tuition was found behind some bushes by her family members. This is the third in a series of incidents of rape of tribal girls in Jharkhand. The subdivisional police officer told PTI and I quote, "Prima facie it seems that the girl was gang-raped and murdered, but this can be confirmed only after receiving the post-mortem examination report." Unquote. The incident was followed by Chief Minister Hemant Soren asking officials to take strict action in the case. A seven-member special investigation team has been set up at the police office while adding that the culprits would be arrested soon. The incident has also stirred a political controversy in Dumka Constituent Assembly, which is scheduled to have by-elections on November 3. Four minor siblings from a tribal family were allegedly hacked to death with an axe at a village in Jalgaon district of Maharashtra on Friday. The children aged between 3 and 12 years lived with their parents and brother in Borkhera Shivar village of Raver taluka. The local police said that the family belonging to the Pravara tribe are very poor and live in a shack on the outskirts of the village. The family had moved there from Madhya Pradesh's Khargon district 8 years ago. According to the police, the family lived on and cultivated a banana farm of landlord Mustaq Sheikh in whose care they had left the children. A police official said and I quote at 8 a.m on Friday Sheikh went to check on the children and found the door to their home closed from the outside he was surprised that the children were still asleep and decided to wake them up he called out their names but nobody answered when he stepped inside he saw all the four children lying in a pool of blood and an axe on the floor unquote With the country witnessing repeated incidents of assault against Dalits and Adivasis, it becomes important to shed light on the increasing caste-based violence in the country. We at News Laundry have been trying our best to cover these incidents from the ground. 
In April this year, in an instance of police brutality, a 65-year-old Adivasi man by the name of Tibu was beaten to death in Madhya Pradesh's Khargon district. Between March 25th and April 30th, 15 people have died across the country after being allegedly assaulted by the police. Tibu was one of them. Do read the detailed report on this incident by Pratik Goyal on the News Laundry website. It is titled "Beaten to Death in Broad Daylight: How Police Brutality Killed an Adivasi Man." This report is a part of the News Laundry Sena series on custodial deaths in India. News Laundry Sena is a project under which you, the news consumer, can pick the story that you want to hear by contributing. Check out the details on our website under the NL Sena section on the top right corner. In another incident of caste-based violence, an 18-year-old Dalit girl was raped and murdered in Uttar Pradesh's Barabanki. The victim's body was found in a paddy field late on Wednesday. The police on Friday arrested 19-year-old accused Dinesh Gautam, who hails from the same village. According to the police, the accused has confessed to committing the crime. Initially, the police had registered a murder case, but as rape was confirmed after the post-mortem, Section 376 of the IPC was added to the FIR. There has also been a confusion relating to the actual age of the victim, but the police later confirmed that she was below 18. The accused has now been booked under the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences or POSCO Act as well. In another incident, a Dalit girl aged 16 was allegedly raped by two boys, including a minor. The incident took place in Jalau district of Uttar Pradesh in the early hours of Thursday and both the accused have been caught. According to the Jalau district superintendent of police's statement to the Indian Express, the girl was going to the hospital to look for her parents who had not returned after an hour and a half. After getting scared of the dark, she decided to return home halfway. On her way back home, she was forced by the two accused who hit her with a brick and belts. She was then sexually assaulted and let go at around 3 a.m. The minor narrated the incident to the police next day. The two accused have been booked under various sections of the IPC that include gang rape, the POSCO Act, and the SCST Act. In yet another caste-related incident from the south, a case of honor killing was reported from Karnataka. A 19-year-old woman was allegedly killed by her father and cousin brothers, including a minor, for being in a relationship with a man from a different caste. The incident took place in Ramanagara district about 50 kilometers away from Bengaluru. The police have said that all three accused have been arrested. Initially, the case was registered as that of a missing person, but it later turned out to be a case of honor killing. In the latest development in the Hathras gang rape case, the victim's brother has demanded for the case to be shifted to Delhi. While speaking to reporters on Friday, he said and I quote, "We demand the case to be heard in a Delhi court and we would like to look for employment opportunities in Delhi. It would be better if the government could help us in providing protection and finding employment in the capital." Unquote. Moving on to some updates about the approaching Bihar Assembly election, the Mahagathbandhan or the Grand Alliance in Bihar comprising of the Congress, Rashtriya Janata Dal or RJD and the left parties on Saturday released their election manifesto. Special emphasis was laid on agricultural laws and government jobs in the manifesto. Some of the other promises made were that the administration would bear the travel expenses of candidates attending exams for government jobs. The manifesto said that 12% of the state budget would be spent on education and every panchayat will have one doctor and nurse on duty. 
At the launch of the manifesto, the Mahagadbandan's chief ministerial candidate, Tejasvi Yadav, referring to the increase in unemployment and crime, said, and I quote, JDU and BJP have stabbed Bihar in the back, unquote. In other news, Lok Jan Shakti Party chief Chirag Paswan launched his latest attack against the Nitish Kumar-led JDU, saying that voting for him would mean pushing the state to backwardness. The BJP, meanwhile, on Friday accused the former Aligarh Muslim University student and Congress candidate Maksur Usmani of being a Muhammad Ali Jinnah supporter. The BJP slammed the Congress for fielding him in the Bihar elections. Even the news channel Ajtak falsely claimed in its show that Usmani had hung Jinnah's portrait at the university. The claim was later fact-checked by Alt News and was found to be false. In response to the BJP's allegations against him, Usmani tweeted today that the National Democratic Alliance or NDA would be held responsible if his safety was compromised during the elections. Many issues are at play in what will be India's first major election since the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic. In the last 15 years, how have the ground realities changed in Bihar? Why do Bihar's workers continue to migrate in large numbers outside the state in search of livelihood? What do the annual floods say about the governance in the eastern state? Our correspondent Basant Kumar is in Bihar throughout the election season, seeking answers to these and other key questions through ground reports, podcasts and interviews. Do keep an eye out for his reports on our website. In his latest ground report, Basant highlights how, barely 500 metres from the Deputy Chief Minister Sushil Kumar Modi's house, the residents of a Dalit colony are forced to defecate in the open for lack of functioning toilets. His report is titled, Sushil Modi says Bihar is open defecation free. If only he looked outside his door. You can support Basant's reportage by subscribing to News Laundry. As most of you know, News Laundry is a 100% ad-free news platform that truly believes When the advertiser pays, the advertiser is served. But when the public pays, the public is served. So my dear listeners, step in to do your bit and be a proud supporter of independent news. The 2008 Maligao blast accused Ramesh Upadhyay joined the Janta Dal United in Uttar Pradesh and was appointed the state convener of its ex-serviceman cell. Upadhyay, a retired army major, was arrested by the Maharashtra Anti-Terrorism Squad along with Sadhvi Pragya Thakur and Lieutenant Colonel Prasad Srikant Purohit for their alleged role in the 2008 Maligao case. He was released on bail in 2017. Trial in the case is on before a special court of the National Investigation Agency in Mumbai. When questioned by the Indian Express about the terror charges against him, Upadhyay said, and I quote, I'm innocent. I'm a nationalist and a patriotic secular person. I was falsely implicated in the Maligao bomb blast case. I'm waiting for my acquittal. I wish to work for the society. JDU is sincerely working for the development of the poor and the downtrodden. Unquote. A journalist with a caravan magazine was assaulted by a Delhi police officer at Model Town Police Station yesterday. 23-year-old Ahan Painkar was reporting on the alleged rape and murder of a minor Dalit girl in the capital's North District when he was detained and assaulted by the Assistant Commissioner of Police Model Town, Ajay Kumar. The police forcibly took Painkar's phone from him and deleted the photos and videos he had recorded while reporting. Painkar was detained for nearly four hours. In the assault, he sustained injuries on his nose, shoulder, back and ankle. The journalist told News Laundry over the phone and I quote, The ACP kicked me in the chest. I'm shaken. He threatened to beat us with a steel rod. Unquote. 
He also added that ACP Kumar assaulted two other persons while a constable and two inspectors looked on. The caravan journalist has filed a detailed complaint about the assault with SN Srivastava, Delhi's Commissioner of Police, seeking action against Kumar and other police officials under sections of the Indian Penal Code related to voluntarily causing hurt, wrongful confinement and criminal intimidation. This is the second such assault on caravan staffers in the recent months. On 11th of August, three journalists working with the caravan, Shahid Tantre, Prabjit Singh and a woman journalist, were beaten and subjected to communal slurs, threatened with murder and sexually harassed while reporting in Subhash Malla in northeast Delhi's Gonda neighbourhood. The journalists were following up on a report they had published a few days earlier on accusations of sexual assault against Delhi police officials by a Muslim woman who was a witness in the Delhi violence. Talking of the Delhi riots, do you remember the attack on JNU campus that preceded it? On the evening of January 5, 2020, masked goons, allegedly from the ABVP, stormed the campus, vandalizing property and injuring over 30 students and teachers. The ABVP dismissed the allegations and pinned the blame on leftist student organizations. After the attack, News Laundry and Alt News had revealed the identities of at least two of the masked attackers, Komal Sharma and Jayant Kumar. Subsequently, the police launched an investigation into the attack, as did the JNU administration. Ten months later, no action has been taken against any of the attackers. To know more about the apathy of the police and the university bosses, read Tahir's report titled, What Happened to the Goons Who Attacked JNU Early This Year? And now for some international updates. Coronavirus has infected over 39 million people around the world so far, causing the death of at least 1.1 million out of them. The United States of America has entered its third wave of COVID-19 infections. Public health experts worry this wave could be the largest and perhaps the deadliest. 17 states have reported more new cases in the past week than in any other week prior to this. The country's seven-day average of new cases has risen by about 25% since October 1st, with the number of new cases climbing in 41 states over the past two weeks. The US is now seeing an average of more than 50,000 new cases per day. The Czech Republic, Poland, Austria, Ukraine and Malaysia all recorded the highest number of daily cases since the pandemic began. The Russian Direct Investment Fund, or RDIF, and Dr. Reddy's Laboratories Limited have received renewed approval to conduct late-stage clinical trials in India of the Russian COVID-19 vaccine. Large-scale trials of the Sputnik V vaccine in India were first announced and then knocked back by Indian regulators, who said that the scale of the Phase 1 and Phase 2 trials conducted in Russia earlier this year were too small. Following a new agreement, the RDIF has said that India will now carry out an adaptive Phase 2 and 3 human clinical trials involving 1,500 participants. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.